although most childbearing women and newborns in the United States are healthy and at low risk of complication, nearly all who give birth in a hospital setting experience high rates of interventions. Physiologic labor is the safest care for healthy women, experiencing normal labor. But with the current standards of medicine, physicians have limited opportunities to learn these skills, but midwives do. Midwifery education programs offer the opportunities to observe and become competent in physiologic childbirth. Could integrating midwives into the medical education model improve childbirth in the United States? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is certified nurse midwife Edie McConaughey and certified nurse midwife Elizabeth Howard both from Women and Infants Hospital in Rhode Island. They are the authors of a recent article, Midwives as Educators of Medical Students and Residents, Results of a National Survey. And today, we're discussing the opportunities for collaboration between midwifery and medicine. Hi, Liz. Hi, Edie. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you. Hi, thank you. So midwives have a long history of delivering babies all over the world. What happened in the United States that changed the way we view childbirth today? Well, there are a number of things. I mean, historically, most women back in the 19th century gave birth at home without any medical intervention, and these births were typically attended by a midwife or perhaps a local family physician or maybe members of the birthing woman's family. And then a number of things happened. One, the Industrial Revolution sort of moved people from out of the home and into the hospital because of living conditions. So when in 1915, when the Flexner Report came out, it was something that standardized medical education, and that was a good thing for medicine. But once the 20s and 30s hit, more of the births moved out of the hospital and out of the homes and into the hospitals, and then a number of interventions started, one being anesthesia. And then in the 40s, when penicillin was finally available, that was something that improved the infection rates. The big thing that happened, I think, to further medicalize childbirth in this culture in the 1970s with the invention and dissemination of fetal monitoring, which further immobilized women giving birth, and also the regionalization of perinatal care, making obstetrics um, more of a high-risk specialty. So those are some of the big things that affected the way we currently do birth in this culture. Well, it's changed quite a lot, and the immobilizing issue is a big one you hear people talk about, as well as anesthesia. Explain what it means to have a physiologic childbirth versus the medicalized childbirth. So physiologic childbirth is a way of giving birth that enhances all the normal processes of labor. For instance, allowing labor to begin on its own rather than being induced. We know that the rate of inductions in this country are very, very high, and it's actually a goal to decrease that. But physiologic childbirth is a way of supporting the natural processes of labor and facilitating labor by allowing women to choose how they want to move around, ambulate, hydrate themselves, eat and drink fluids in labor. Those are all natural processes that can be supported by a caregiver rather than strapping women to monitors unless there's an indication for it and decreasing their mobility. Well, before we get to the article, could you just give us a brief summary of the evolving midwifery profession? Right now, we're hearing terms like uh, certified nurse midwife, lay midwife, certified midwife, etc. Could you just fill us in on what all of this means? Sure. There are several terms that are currently used. Certified nurse midwife 
is an individual who's educated in the two disciplines of nursing and midwifery, has to pass testing and is certified by the American College of Nurse Midwives. A certified midwife is someone who is educated in the discipline of midwifery who also passes requirements and is certified by the American College of Nurse Midwives. Certified professional midwives are trained in midwifery care and have met standards for certification by another body, the North American Registry of Midwives. Lay midwives may indicate either someone who is uncertified or unlicensed, that type of a midwife who was educated through more of an informal route, such as a self-study program or an apprenticeship, rather than more of a formal education. And what is the difference in how they practice? You would probably find that certified nurse midwives and certified midwives may practice more in a hospital setting or in an out-of-hospital birth center, whereas a lay midwife may practice more in a home setting or possibly in an out-of-hospital birth site as well. What's a direct entry midwife? A direct entry midwife is someone who is an independent practitioner who's educated in midwifery, Uh, and they can do that via a number of ways, either self-study, apprenticeship, a midwifery school, or a university-based program. And they often provide care to women and newborns in an out-of-hospital setting. Well, thank you for that update. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with certified midwives Edie McConaughey and Elizabeth Howard, authors of the recent article, Midwives as Educators of Medical Students and Residents, Results of a National Survey. And we're discussing the opportunities for collaboration between midwifery and medicine. So the two of you recently published this article, Midwives as Educators of Medical Students and Residents, Results of a National Survey. Tell us what prompted the study. Well, there was very little information in the literature that addressed the role of midwives as educators of residents and medical students, and that is the job that both of us have here at Women and Infants in Providence. When looking back, uh, there was a major study that was done uh, back in 1998 where there was another survey that was conducted, and it was a similar type of survey to assess the extent of midwifery involvement in medical education. Like I said, that was done in 1998. That study found that more than half of the medical school OBGYN clerkships were using midwives as educators, and an additional 18% were exploring the incorporation of a more formal midwifery teaching role. And since more than a decade had passed, I felt that it was important to evaluate what was currently the state of midwifery involvement in medical education and paying particular attention to the changes that had happened over the past 10-plus years, such as the reduction in resident work hours to 80 hours per week, the provision of evidence of excellent care by midwives, the improved clinical experience of learners, the recognition that nurse midwives were good teachers, and that it was also the recognition of the importance of a collaborative clinical relationship that existed for our patients. How was the study designed, and what was your objective? So the main objective was to describe the role, the participation, and the clinical practice of certified nurse midwives involved in resident and medical student education in the United States. 
building on the study that was done in 1998, a descriptive survey was developed that addressed those roles and responsibilities of midwives who were involved in medical education. And it was essentially multiple choice, closed-ended, and several open-ended questions that addressed the demographics, the academic roles of the midwifery practice, the interactions that these midwives had with the learners, and also clinical issues. The sample consisted of 112 nurse midwifery practice directors of those practices throughout the country who were found to be working in the field of medical education. And what were your results? Out of the 112 surveys that we sent out, we received 74 completed questionnaires, and that was a 66% response rate, so we were um, very pleased with that. We found as part of the demographics, there were a total of 547 midwives who were employed in the country, most of whom who worked full-time and worked either in uh, shifts or in providing 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hospital coverage. As far as the academic roles of the practices, most of them were involved in teaching OBGYN residents, but there was also a large number of um, midwifery practices who were teaching family practice residents. An even greater proportion of medical students were in this mix as well. As far as the interaction with the learners was concerned, as far as medical student education, most of the education uh, consisted in the third or fourth years when the medical students had their OBGYN clerkship. And as far as with resident education, about three-quarters of them taught or supervised OBGYN residents, mostly in the first or second years of residencies. An average of 17 residents were supervised, both of OBGYN residents as well as with family practice residents. As far as the clinical time allocation spent, most of the midwifery practices discussed provision of intrapartum care and care in the triage area with a lesser degree in antepartum care, but also in the clinic area doing GYN care and family planning care. So how do you sum all this up? What are your conclusions, and how did this outcome compare to the study in 1998? Well, we found that midwives do play have a significant role in the education of residents and medical students. We found that more than triple the number of midwives were identified in this study as compared to the number identified in the 1998 study. We found that the learners were primarily OBGYN residents and family practice residents and medical students. However, additional learners included student midwives, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, paramedics, and emergency medicine residents. We also found that though there was a lot of didactic teaching that was involved, that many of the programs did not provide any sort of protected administrative time so that the nurse midwives who were involved with uh, preparing didactic teaching, sort of, they described it as having to do it on their own time. So I love the idea of them working together because they're completely different approaches. Do midwives and medical students train together? Actually, there are some programs that have incorporated a little bit of that interdisciplinary model. Midwifery students and medical students still have the same skills that they need to learn, even though they may approach from different philosophical stances. For example, 
we do skills workshops here for the OBGYN residents and medical students on, you know, hand maneuvers to deliver a baby, which is the same thing that we would teach if we taught in the midwifery program, too. So there's lots of opportunities for them to maybe take some skills workshops together. Here at Women and Infants, we've introduced this fetal monitoring course that the nurses take, the midwives take, the physicians take, because it's a good example of something clinical that we all need to be on the same page about, and that's just a nice example of team training where we're all looking at the same thing, maybe coming from different perspectives, but we definitely need to be in agreement on what's going on. And so that's just another example. What are the implications of this study on the future, and what other research do you think should be done on this topic? There are different perspectives that you need to take into consideration. Some of the things that can be done from the learner's perspective anyway is, you know, we could certainly evaluate some of the clinical and educational outcomes and the satisfaction that the learners have with this quality of education. We are also able to look at and can begin to explore how to facilitate teaching efforts. In fact, there is a subset of midwives as part of the American College of Nurse Midwives who are part of a group. This is what we all do for a living, and we share our stories. And as part of that task force, we were looking at how we could collaborate on coming up with ways that we could assist new midwives who were going to become part of the midwives as medical educators and assist them in what they need to know based on our years of experience from what we've already done. In addition to that, there's the interdisciplinary discussions for collaborative teaching efforts among disciplines is very much in the literature now, and I think that we're all trying to look at ways to enhance that. Well, where can our listeners get more information about your study and about midwifery? Our study was published in the Journal of Midwifery and Women's Health. That was in June, July, I think, or July, August of 2009. They can get more information just on midwifery at www.midwife.org, and that is the American College of Nurse Midwives website that has a wealth of information on studies done on midwifery, ways to practice nurse midwifery, core competencies for education, press releases on nurse midwifery, availability of jobs. So that's a pretty comprehensive uh, website to go to. Well, I'd like to thank my guests, Edie McConaughey and Elizabeth Howard, certified nurse midwives. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And we thank you for listening.